0: I'm just complaining now. I really am just complaining. That's the name of the podcast. I don't know if you know. You show me another podcast. You show me another podcast out there that's willing to go to Captain D's and Long John Silver's just to show you the decline of American establishments. Just to show you giants that are falling. We've basically gone everywhere except Kmart. If you can hit up, and we ate Long John Silver's in a Kmart parking lot. So, I've gone everywhere there is to go. And you know one of the craziest places to go? If you want to really get a really slice of vintage American life, it's the casino, guys. Have you ever been to a casino? I go to... Have you, I like the way I'm asking. I'm, I said that like I'm talking to like 14-year-olds or so. Have you ever been to a casino, guys? Um, I never go to the same casino twice. Welcome to the show, by the way. This is the I Can't Complain podcast. And I'm 57 seconds deep, but fuck it. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. If you've never listened before, it's off the rails. It goes fast. It moves quickly. It might not last long, but it moves quickly. What I was saying was, I did eat my Long John Silver's in a Kmart parking lot, and I'm willing to show you the decline of America that that others won't. But I went to a casino this past week, and I gotta say... There's nothing I have to phrase. I have to phrase this properly, and I'll say this. There's nothing more beautiful than the sight of an elderly man or woman on an electric-powered scooter with an oxygen tank coasting through the casino floor, like they own that bitch, like they own that place. I don't which they probably should own the place with how much money they've probably dumped into it over the years. But they have that ten thousand yard stare, whatever whatever the soldiers have when they come back from war, like they're on the battlefield, just eyes strained for years, just staring off into the distance, trying to spot the enemy. That's what these these people that you see, particularly these older men in, in the casinos, you'd mistake them for war heroes in another setting. You really would. You'd mistake them for war heroes, but on the casino floor. They just look like degenerates that are addicted to nicotine and probably the rush of playing penny slots. In another life, these people probably were war heroes, but instead they probably worked at a factory for 60 years, and now they finally retired on that little bit of pension, and they're determined to blow it week after week at the casino. These are American specimens, guys. This is a dying breed. The breed of people that grew up on black and white TV and solid pensions. And like I said, they'll blow that pension at the casino one way or the other. Even if they're way up one day, they probably just go and make a logical bet to lose it all at the very end. These are people that are probably addicted to losing. Hardcore addicted to losing. Addicted to the penny slots, the lights. They think they're in Vegas because a D-list singer or celebrity comes to that casino that they frequent a lot. A D-list celebrity comes there once a month and they pretend like they're in Vegas or some shit. I I don't know. They treat their local casino like there's A-list acts doing residencies there, probably. Carlos Mencia probably rolled through on a weekend back in 2011 and they're hanging on to that like it's the only thing they have in their life. The cast of... Cast of Gilligan's Island probably came through there on a Tuesday night in 1997. And they're hanging on to that memory. Ginger and Marianne got a little too intimately acquainted with some of the locals, it turns out, that night. And they've been telling that story nonstop for the last 25 years. That's what these people are hanging on to. These are these casinos that I've been frequenting the past couple years, these are not places where you want to be seen. Except if you're over 80 and then it's probably like a social club. But it does make me optimistic for the future because I didn't see, oddly enough, I didn't see a lot of 25 or 35 year olds in there on electric scooters with oxygen tanks. I don't know. That's just me. So it appears to be, it appears to me that um, this is a dying breed. Now, you could argue that it'll be replaced with a younger generation that also wants to roll around in smoke filled rooms with oxygen tanks, but something's telling me that's probably not true. But it's a beautiful thing every time you see it. If you guys want a nice afternoon, just hit up a casino. You don't necessarily even have to play. Hit up a casino for an afternoon. Take 20 bucks with you. And then just walk around and observe some of these degenerates. And I'm not trying to make fun of gambling addiction before. I'm trying to make fun of elderly gambling addiction. That's what I'm trying to make fun of. Because these people are strung out you can tell that their eyesight is uh, its good enough to play the games, but they'll stare right through you. And those pall malls, those cartons of pall malls that they have tucked away in the back of that wheelchair, because I know damn well... Every one of these people brought a carton with them. Those cartons of Pall Malls are probably stale as shit. Those cigarettes fell off of a truck back in 2004 and they've been smoking on them ever since. These people are probably smoking Cherokee cigarettes, really cheap cigarettes. These are not grade A cigarettes. These people are smoking cigars that are not meant to be smoked probably. These people are smoking cheap Philly cigars that most people just bust open and stuff with weed. But not these people, not these elderly people. And you might say that this show picks on the elderly a lot. I got my bed frame from an old man that accused me of stealing all his possessions, so I have a grudge. I have a grudge against these elderly people. The old, old people have done more to wrong me in my life than any other generation. People always have a problem with the younger generations. I have a problem with the old-ass generations, the generations that have been inha- inhabiting the White House for the last five-plus years. I've got a lot against elderly people, so if I have any listeners over the age of eighty, <laughs> I don't know what I can do to get you on my side, other than say keep listening. Maybe, oh yeah, I did use yeah, this will tie in with a couple weeks ago when I worked at the convenience store. Those convenience store stories, I used to give a five percent discount for ever for anyone that was over the age of one hundred and could prove it. <laughs> I remember we had a social media page, and I think I posted that on there. I said, if you're over 100, it's, uh I don't know what I called it. It's Elderly Appreciation Day or something. So come on down, and I'll give you a 5% discount on your beer. <laughs> so I've had a long-standing tradition of making fun of old people, and I'm sorry. I apologize, but I'm not Sorry. Because you make me laugh. You make me laugh wheeling around oxygen tanks while smoking a cigarette in a dark, dimly lit casino. And you're doing it every day. But at least... Well, I was going to say at least you're contributing to society. But you probably aren't paying taxes on these winnings. This is probably actually a scam by these old people to funnel money for Mexican drug cartels. That's my theory. So next time you go into a casino and you see somebody really, really old, just know they're probably funneling money for a cartel. Then I go outside. I see a man walking around, guys. He was walking around. He wasn't even carrying cash on him anymore. You know what he had? Lotto tickets. He was carrying around these lotto tickets like he was about to enter the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory. He's carrying around lotto tickets like it's the new currency outside of a casino. How strung out is this man to carry around lottery tickets? I'm I'm presuming winning lottery tickets because uh, most time people don't uh, cling to the losing tickets. He's carrying winning lotto tickets. I I, I don't know if he was coming in or out of the casino. But he had winning lottery tickets in a place where the sole thing you can do there is gamble. This man is addicted. I did realize. I looked at him. And I said, oh, this is this is the play now. This is what we're doing now. We're not carrying cash. I thought we were gonna move to credit cards or, or Bitcoin. I thought crypto was the new cash. Turns out lottery tickets. Winning lottery tickets are the new cash. In I don't know, can you cash winning lottery tickets inside of a casino? If you can, that's a good play on the casino because you are basically taking people you already know like to gamble. They're not there just to look around. These are people that are buying lottery, winning. These are buying. They're buying enough tickets to win because he had a lot of tickets. He probably had six to ten winning lottery tickets. He was taking in. So this is a man who already loves to gamble. So if the casino is cashing winning lottery tickets, that's perfect because you've already got a customer that's willing to blow his entire pension. His entire pension he's willing to blow at the casino. So that was my experience. I looked around, I saw a bunch of old people funneling money for a cartel, (laughs) blowing it all on the penny slots. Their pensions are all going to penny slots. Fuck me. Before I traveled last week, though, and ended up in the casino with the silent generation, before that... I had recorded an episode a little earlier than I usually do last week. And I was happy for once. You guys remember in the episode last week, the only thing that I've ever been happy about on this program was when I reported that chicken wing prices were back to normal. I was ecstatic. I had my hopes up. For one day, for 24 hours, I believed in something again. I believed in, we- in reasonable buffalo wing prices. And then, the very next day... I read this news story. The headline is, Earth to run out of food in 27 years, data says. Fuck me. That's, I just threw my hands up and I said, "I said this is what I get for getting my hopes up. I'm going to run out of food, but I guess I'll have reasonable chicken wing prices to the very end. I hope, maybe. I don't know. Last week I told you to sell your ass and sell drugs so you could go out on a Saturday night and buy some buffalo wings and some beer. Well, you better get to selling You better get to selling those drugs and get to selling that ass because you're running out of time because evidently the food's all going to be gone soon. News story is out of uh, Kuala Lumpur on the edge markets. It's written on April 25th. Like I said, I had 24 hours where I was happy and now this. And then this news story dropped. It was like a bomb, man. This news story depressed me in ways that I didn't know I could be depressed. It says the world's population could be too big to feed itself by 2050. According to Copenhagen-based The World Counts, by then there will be almost 10 billion people on the planet, and food demand will have increased by 70% compared to 2017. It said scientists put a limit on how many people Earth can feed at 10 billion maximum. When you run out of food, who are you going to blame? I'm going to blame the people with kids. I don't know about you guys, but I'll be looking around at that family of eight and they'll be eating a little bit more than their fair share. Single people like me are going to revolt against families when we're running out of food. I just want to warn you now. It says the website uses the latest and most accurate live statistics on the state of the planet. Citing Harvard's psio-biologist Edward Wilson, it added that there are limits on the Earth's capacity to feed humanity. He says, quote, if everyone agrees to become vegetarian, leaving little or nothing for livestock, the present 1.4 billion hectares of arable land, 3.5 billion acres, would support the 10 billion people. So he wants us to become vegetarian. Even worse, even worse, you're telling me to give up my wings now. I can't even enjoy wings until the very end of time. First you tell me that they're back to normal prices, then you tell me they're going to disappear, and, and that, lastly, you keep softening the blow in the worst ways. Lastly, though, you tell me that I need to become vegetarian right the fuck now. I can't even take advantage of these reasonable prices. This is the worst. This is the worst news story I've ever You thought the war in Ukraine was bad. This is worse. And I'm not talking about running out of food and dying. I'm talking about I can't even feel good about eating a buffalo wing. That's what I'm talking about. He says the constraints of the biosphere, are, the biosphere are fixed. This is about an overpopulation problem. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't disagree with anything they're saying. It's just hard to hear, guys. It's hard to hear. He says for beef... It it, it, it just keeps getting worse. Now you're telling me I can't even eat a steak. Quote for beef: It takes 54 calories of fuel to produce one calorie of protein. Oh, I'm gonna have a mental breakdown before this program ends. If this news just keeps getting this worse and worse, food prices will skyrocket. Oh, it keeps getting worse. As part, I, am, I, I did not read this article. As part of the food crisis, prices of food such as corn and rice are likely to increase rapidly by 180% and 130% respectively by 2030. Now you're telling me I can't even eat a potato chip or a corn chip. I can't even enjoy a Frito. Oh, Wasted food. In a situation of upcoming food crisis, between one-third and half of all food produced is lost or wasted, Before or after it reaches the consumer. The World Counts said globally more than 407 million tons of food were lost or wasted so far this year. It's a depressing note to this. It's a depressing end to this story, guys. There is no good news here. The article ends by saying some 90 billion tons of natural resources are extracted from Earth annually to feed the consumer society. The number is expected to double between 2015 and 2050. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Don't get your hopes up about enjoying anything anytime soon, if ever. That's the point of this story, guys. The point is, I got my hopes up about reasonable chicken wing prices for 24 hours, and my hopes and my dreams of paying a reasonable price for one of my favorite foods, a delectable food, it's out the window. And not only do I have to pay more, but I'm not even supposed to eat them right now, and I I guess I knew that. Deep down, I, deep down, isn't it better if you'd know that it's naughty, though? So that, that next buffalo wing that you tear into at a possibly inflated price just know that you're not supposed to be eating that and enjoy that little bit more now i guess it's time for a brand new segment a brand new segment that we'll probably only do once a brand new segment called how the hell is johnny doing how's johnny depp doing this afternoon let's check in on him if you if you haven't heard there's a little bit of a uh, civil lawsuit, go a, a libel lawsuit going on right now. And he sued her for 50. Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for 50. She turned around, and I'm pretty sure she sued him, countersued for 100. Now, that automatically makes me be on her side. I know everybody's on Johnny's side. I haven't been following the trial, but when I hear that she's like, fuck you, you're suing me for 50, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to get you for 100. That's a set of balls. I like a woman with a set of balls on her. Let's check in on the trial. Amber Heard defense team cross-examines Jack um, Wigham, I guess it's, it is. Jack Wigham, witness called by the plaintiff. Uh, you know what? I can't, I can't see the print with these glasses. Let's see but, what's uh, going on this afternoon. All right. well, we'll, Day I'll 12 of it. the trial. Well, the the title here is "How can J.K. Rowling be genuinely happy casting wife beater Johnny Depp in the new Fantastic Beasts film?" Objection. God damn! Beater. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> His response was the same the as my Mar- Mar- yeah. Specific. I think at this point, it's not Johnny doesn't look happy. His lawyers don't look happy. Amber has an expression on her face like she's sad, too. Everybody's sad. Don't look sad, girl. You're going after what... You're chasing a hundred mil. Don't look sad. Look happy. Be optimistic. And you might say, John... It's taking an emotional toll on them. This trial's taking an emotional toll. You knew that was going to happen when you came into this courtroom with all these cameras. I would be optimistic. I'd be like, I'm there to chase a $100 million bag. I don't care if I'm on TV to, and there's all these awful stories. I'm there for the cash. I would wear glasses, those sunglasses with like dollar signs. That's what I would wear. That's what I. That's. It says the attorneys are in discussion with the judge. They did not like that last line of questioning immediately after I started this. They did not like that line of questioning. Now Johnny looks a little bit happier. There's a man relaxing in the back of his courtroom. In the back of the courtroom, he's just both of his. It's that move where you put both of your arms on the back of the bench to stabilize yourself. It's a a move of total relaxation. You have to think day twelve. What's. I let's see if we can get um, attorneys for the plaintiff actor Johnny Depp are expected to wrap up their portion of the trial today or tomorrow thus turning control of the courtroom proceedings over to the attorneys for the defendant Amber Heard it is likely she will take the stand sometime this week alright as soon as you ask him his first question, he should pop up there. He'll come right. up yeah. Cross okay. examination. A little the cross line. examination here. Mr. Wiggum, you testified hard hitting questions was coming up. Closed a deal for Mr. Depp for Pirate Six with him acting as Jack Sparrow. Do you <laughs> you a uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Wiggum, could you do a so, I expected of five, a question eight, about physical eight, abuse, eight, but instead we're talking eight, about eight, was eight, Johnny eight, Depp set to eight, star eight, in eight, Pirates okay, of the you, Caribbean I six? The yeah. I guess there's five yeah, of bet, them. Wiggum, Holy three, shit! Three, I didn't know there were five until three, right three, now. Maybe there was a six that crap, they made. I don't eight, even eight, know. Four Pirates Six, isn't that correct? Pirate Six. Can you explain that question or that position? Have you ever seen a contract that provides for Mr. Depp to play Pirate 6? This bitch got an attitude. This attorney has an attitude. To the best of my knowledge, my memory, myself and my partner closed an an optional picture deal for the amount of money of what that would be for an optional you picture would, you deal. Would make sure to have that in writing, wouldn't you? Yeah, this bitch condescending. I wouldn't like that if I was you know, a juror. That would normally go through. I wouldn't in terms of the codification. And I know it's not about what you like or what you don't like when you're on the jury. Really, it's about the facts. But. No piece of paper her condescending and tone and sarcastic attitudes, attitudes not doing it for me had a deal with Disney. i don't like this con Objection jesus christ <laughs> oh, that maybe is a little too far i'm sorry so, uh, i often close when i was an agent we, we would work on many deals where i actually wouldn't see contracts they were verbal in nature and then, ah, the old verbal the golf course contract the old go, the old ninth hole contract the verbal agreement I think we're about to find out when Disney made the final decision about Pirate 6 gripping testimony here today ladies and gentlemen Madly, as of that time but Disney had not gone in, in the other direction correct? Yeah. So they, I think we're know, trying to find out if Disney still loves Johnny Depp. Does Disney so, uh, want Johnny Depp to make a Pirate 6? They wanted to protect their brand. in the, Before the Me Too movement, that morals clause was fading out. Before we unjustly locked Bill Cosby away because only 37 women said that he sexually assaulted them. Before that Me Too movement... With the Me Too movement, Harvey Weinstein, um, uh, Bill Cosby, if you will. Oh, there he is. The Morals Clause has come back. Old Bill. And it is a demanded feature. Yeah, the the Morals Clause in contracts. Uh, They're trying to. They're talking about whether he was slandered by Amber Heard. I remember a time in America when you needed hundreds of women to accuse you of a crime before. You would have to pay before you could be defamed. You'd have to have hundreds of women standing up to send you into jail. And then I saw Bill Cosby go to jail with only 37 accusers or 72 accusers. I don't know what the exact number was, but I said, oh my gosh, the bar is lowering. We no longer need thousands of women to stand up. Now we only need 37, and now we're down to one. One woman can do damage to Johnny Depp that he can't recover from. If Johnny Depp has to lose this $100 million, he will be sleeping in a tent in Echo Park in Los Angeles, no doubt in my mind. Are we willing to banish Johnny Depp to a tent for the rest of his life because of what... His ex-wife said about him. I don't know. I don't know where we're at in America, but we're about to find out. If we can send Cosby to jail, let's be honest, we can send we can send anybody to, to live a life of, a life of poverty. If Johnny, <laughs> the idea that Johnny Depp's gonna be homeless when he has to pay out all his money to Amber Heard when he loses his countersuit is a pretty funny image. It would be a good like method acting opportunity probably. He could bounce back with another film franchise about being some sort of like. Hollywood elite that was banished to a world of homelessness. And he's just living in a tent city. That's the movie I want to see. I don't want to see Pirate 6. I want to see Johnny Depp living as an actual homeless homeless individual in Los Angeles. That would be a good documentary. That's what we need. Oh, man. Get that in production. We're going to need that to come out. You remember how Tiger King came out right when the pandemic started? The next pandemic that we have, we need to have Johnny Depp... Re- release a series on Netflix about his life day-to-day living as a homeless individual in Los Angeles after Amber Heard took him for everything he's ever made. Christ. Pirate 6. Is Johnny Depp going to be in Pirate 6 now? That's the big question that we're all asking. We're all on the edge of our seats here. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Last time we're checking in on that trial that's a one-off segment there because i don't really care <laughs> we need a better trial than that we need a casey anthony trial guys we need a mother that has killed their new allegedly killed their newborn I need juicy tidbits like the Zanny Nanny, if you remember that trial. She would give her baby, allegedly, she would give her baby some Xanax, nicknamed it the Zanny Nanny, and would go out clubbing at night. That's a juicy story. That's something I can grip my teeth into and run with. I can't run with Johnny Depp on trial because of a defamation lawsuit with two people that have more money than they're probably ever going to spend. I'm not even sure that 50 or 100 mils even a drop in the bucket. I don't understand why they want this bu- bad publicity like this. I guess it's something they have to go through, but goddamn, settle it out of court somehow, one way or another, fuck me. I'm trying to be optimistic guys, even though chicken wing prices are evidently out of control and I'm gonna starve. I'm trying to look on the bright side of things and watch the Johnny Depp trial. You think in 30 years, do you guys think in 30 years we're gonna be watching another Johnny Jeff trial when he's 80 years old? And that's what everybody will care about when the world is running out of food due to overpopulation? Who knows, maybe.